thank you for downloading this podcast from the Pardes Institute of Jewish Studies. This episode of Pardes from Jerusalem features Rabbi Alex Israel on Parashat Emor. If you're looking to study with Pardes this summer, we have two great opportunities, including our online summer program, which has two sessions, as well as the Pardes Learning Seminar, which is a week-long intensive learning. Be sure to visit www.pardes.org.il for more information. And now, here is Rabbi Alex Israel. Everyone is an educator. Everyone. You might not think of yourself as an educator because you're not a school teacher or a university lecturer. But if we have children, what we do influences them. If we're part of a community, uh, our conduct and the things that we make our priorities are affect the people around us. And any of us who, and that's all of us, who interact in a social environment, we are all educators. This week we read Parashat Emor, which is tremendously exciting. It has all of the Chagim, the festivals, the holidays. It has the mitzvah of Chilul Hashem and Kiddush Hashem. It has all sorts of laws to do with the temple and to do with the priests. But I am going to focus on something which appears, which seems quite innocuous, and that is the first verse itself. Because there's a strange textual anomaly in the first verse, a strange use of language, which becomes a, um, an opening to talk about education, correct education, appropriate education. Um, and that's what I'm going to select as our topic for this week. The parasha begins by Yomar Hashem El Moshe. The topic here is the fact that a priest, because he has to be ready for service in the temple, needs to retain his ritual purity. And therefore a priest has to be very careful not to come into contact with um, the dead. The dead uh, incur impurity. And therefore you will actually find that a, a priest, a, a Kohen, will not go into a graveyard or will have a special compound within the graveyard so that he doesn't come into contact with a ritual impurity. However, it's the introduction to the, the, the law which is uh, intriguing. Speak to the Kohenim, the sons of Aaron, and all the commentaries want to know why does it need to say twice? Say to them and say to them. Why? <laughs> How many times do you need to say it? Nachmanides, Nachmanides the Ramban, says that this is actually quite a familiar style in the Torah. He says, In many places we find phrases like, Daberl ben Israel va'amarta alehem. Speak to the children of Israel and say to them. And he says, this is a sort of convention. If there's a matter of critical importance, it will give a double warning. It'll say, tell them and tell them good, sort of thing. You know what? Say it twice. Um, why? Why? It might be because the topic is very, very severe or because they're used to doing this. Now, I have to say that in this case, it's fully understandable. 
every Jew can come into ritual impurity. Every Jew is allowed to walk into a graveyard. There are no restrictions. However, the priest has an added restriction. And therefore, we might say, Instruct the priests, the sons of Aaron, and drive it home. <laughs> that this is really, really important. And in fact, they're being held to a higher bar of conduct. That's um, what I would probably call the pshat. Maybe that's the most obvious explanation. However, we open the famous commentator Rashi, and he says something fascinating. Emor va'amarta, he says, lahazhir gedolim alaktanim. Speak to the priests, the sons of Aaron, va'amarta lehem. Why? Speak to the priests, so that the priests should speak to somebody else. Who should the priests speak to? Their children. <laughs> Speak to the parents so that the parents will teach the children. And this is why I say that this has got something to do with education. Because what we're being told here is that parents have to actually train their children. They have to train their children in this area. Now, you might say, why should that be mentioned here? And I think on the basis of the pshat, it's quite simple. Um, imagine you have a priestly family. And the priestly family eats uh, special foods, for example, truma, the tithes or they eat segments of the sacrifices. Well, if your uh, child has been rummaging in a place where there might be um, some sort of impurity, it might have contracted from a dead animal or something like that, and he'll come home and touch the food, he'll make everything impure. So the way the Talmud understands it, and Rashi's bringing the Talmudic explanation is, emor amarta, speak to the priests and tell them to speak to their families uh, to make sure that even those who are not even adults, there might be children and they might be playing out in the back. Uh, make sure they all understand this is serious. You need to keep away from impurity. And this has to be inculcated at a sort of young age. And this sort of introduces the whole concept, which is going to be developed in chassidut. And it's going to be developed in, in all sorts of ways. That there's something, this notion of emor v'amarta, there is a double statement and the double statement has to be um is something about education to educate is uh to say something more than once <laughs> you can't always be ensure that it, it goes in the first time and you know sometimes i as a teacher i've thought that i talk about something a lot in the classroom i remember once reviewing the year with one of my student groups of students and I said, well, this I've probably spoken about hundreds of times. And they said, no, not so much. You might have mentioned it two or three times. And I realized that though it was a very important principle for me, I heard myself saying it over and over. And I, I didn't want to be uh, boring or I didn't want to be drumming at home too much. However, it's only things that we hear over and over that really go in. You know, uh, at the moment with coronavirus, Every time I go to the supermarket, there is a sort of music on, but probably every five minutes, there's something comes over. It's a recorded message which says, please be very careful to stay two metres away from people and to wear your mask. And why do I need to hear that every five minutes? Why is it that on the London Underground, you need to hear, mind the gap, mind the gap? Well, if it's important enough that somebody shouldn't fall between the uh, platform and the train, 
every time it comes onto the platform, mind the gap. So emor the amarta. If something's important enough, you need to make sure you say it and you tell other people. And as the Medrash says, the Medrash in Vayikra Rabbah, he says uh, to the angels, you only need to say things once. But to human beings who have a Yitzhahara, human beings who have a propensity to sin, sometimes a temptation to overstep boundaries, um, it says, Say it over and over and over. So maybe what are we trying to say here? That sometimes our first approach that we're going to discuss is that sometimes when you have an important educational message, um, it needs to be spoken about at regular intervals. It needs to be spoken about to the older generation. It needs to be inculcated to the younger generation. Amarta. My teacher, uh, Rabbi Yehuda Amital, who was the Rosh Hashiva of Yeshivat Haretzion, um, suggested that when Rashi is quoting this Lazhir Gadolim Alaktanim, that the adults have to warn the children, the adults have to ed educate the children. It isn't just about the obligation to educate, but it actually relates to the nature of every education. And that is the idea of emor amarta. say it and say it. And he said, actually, there's a difference between saying number one and saying number two. What did he mean? And I'll quote uh, him, I'll translate it, my own free translation. The first type of telling is the type of uh, instruction which opens the heart. It's an invitation to the student to engage with the material, to want to come and listen. The second Amira, Emorva Amarta, is in fact the information. He says, as educators, as teachers, our responsibility is first and foremost, even before we get to the information, to create the correct environment, to create the experience whereby the student will have interest. The students will want to come and learn. Otherwise, he will never reach the second Amira. You'll say Emor, you'll say to him to come, but he'll be turned off and then he won't even come to find out the content. One has to uh, create an appropriate learning environment. One has to approach the student in the right way. One has to create a, a relationship of individual attention to every student. One has to open the student's heart. And only once we've done the first first we've aroused the interest, we've created the openness to the student. We've made sure that the student understands that this is a safe space. Or alternatively, we've you know, wet their appetite, we've triggered their curiosity. Only then, va'amarta alehem. Only then can we move to the second stage, which is actually transmitting the information in the classroom. The Abarbanel um, gives even a different interpretation. He says, why does it say twice? And he says, actually, maybe there are different addresses because the first bit of the Parsha, the first few verses, deals with the regular Kohen, the regular priest. Whereas the second half deals with the high priest. And he says, you know what? You need, for different type of people, you need a different type of educational approach. Uh, what we call a chanoch 
lanar al pidarko educate the child according to their way or according to their interest different children have different intelligences different children some are uh, more intellectual some are more tactile some are attracted to the sciences some are attra uh, attracted to the arts some are visual no learners some are spatial learners etc etc emor the amarta before you want to instruct think about who's in front of you you might have to say it one way to this particular group and you might have to say it a different way to a different group emorva amarta las here hagdolim aktanim say it and say it the idea is to have the gdolim the elders teach the young ones suddenly we are going to find ourselves in the world of Hasidut and in a book called Iturei Torah they have a beautiful reading of this verse he says what does it mean you have to warn the gedolim warn the great people warn the leaders you have to warn them that they should yaktinu et atzmam that they have to lower themselves, they have to minimize themselves. A teacher won't be a very effective teacher if he is proud and if he is demanding his own respect. A teacher, the Gdolim, if you really want to educate, you have to know not to hold yourself high, but to make yourself small. That was Iturei Torah. The Lubavitcher Rebbe, and maybe you'll understand, what does he say? Laz here, Gdolim alaktanim means what? However great you are, you have to go out to the Ketanim. Go and teach Torah to whoever they are, to the simple people, to every single Jew, wherever they are, however connected or disconnected. That is what we learn from um, It doesn't matter how great you are, you have to be prepared to teach people who are disengaged, people who don't necessarily have a lot of knowledge, and that way we will engage every single person. And the last reflection, a reflection from the famous Hasidic leader, maybe some of you who have visited Poland have actually visited, visited his gravesite, is the famous Rav Elimelech of Lizhansk. And Rav Elimelech of Lizhansk was a great um, lover of every single Jew. And here's his reading. He takes this famous comment from the Talmud that Rashi quotes Lazir to warn the older the elders against the youngers. In other words, that the elders should warn the youngers. And he plays around with this word Lazir. And he hears in it the word Zohar. Zohar means shining white, a brilliance. And he says, you know, just when you have a white shirt or a white sheet. If you see a little speck of dirt, you'll notice it. If it's a black shirt or a brown shirt, you won't notice it. He says, How will the young listen to the old? Only when the, what, when the elders are white. What does he mean by that? It means that our, as teachers, our conduct, our uh, ethical standards must be impeccable. We need to set a personal example. Because if we preach one thing, but we actually have a stained shirt at the same time, we are guilty of the same thing, then our teaching isn't going to be particularly effective. One cannot teach about Shabbat 
when one ignores Shabbat. One cannot pretend that one is um, excited about a particular area of Judaism when in one's lifestyle one doesn't actually embody the values which one is teaching. And therefore, one has to shine as the Gdolim. One has to actually have an impeccable personal track record in order to be able to uh, spread the word further. I think that, uh, well, I hope I've demonstrated that the teachings here are far and wide. And I hope that this uh, listening to this podcast, as I said at the beginning, we are all educators. And uh, maybe one of the things that we have to do, if we take uh, the Lubavitcher Rebbe's advice and uh, the example that he set for all of his students, is that we all have a sphere of influence. And uh, we can, either by personal example or by, or by direct action, we can, by the way that we speak and by the way that we act, we can spread the word of Judaism further and further. You can hear almost like an echo. You speak and other people will speak as well. And in that way, we can be able to spread the sphere of Jewish knowledge and Jewish education far and wide. Thank you very much for listening. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you again for downloading this podcast, a production of the Pardes Institute of Jewish Studies. If you liked what you just heard, please give us a five-star review wherever you download your podcast today. You can also follow us on Spotify and get the latest episodes of Pardes from Jerusalem. Tune in next week as Yiska Smith discusses Parashat Behar Bechukotai. Thanks for listening.